0: Good morning. Welcome to the Market in Minutes Podcast. My name is Patrick Laffin, and today is Friday, March 18th, 2022. All right, so let's kick things off today on Friday by taking a look back at performance from yesterday. The NASDAQ finished up 1.33%. The S&P 500 finished up 1.23%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished up 1.23% as well. The Russell 2000 finished up 1.69%. And lastly, the MSCI Emerging Markets Index finished up 3.69%. In terms of sector performance, the best performing sectors yesterday were energy and materials. Energy finished up 3.48%, while materials ended the day up 1.95%. The worst performing sectors and I use that term lightly, were utilities and consumer staples. Utilities finished up 0.46%, while consumer staples ended the day up 0.59%. The market finished higher for the third consecutive day yesterday, building on the strong rally that we've seen so far this week, as investors seem to embrace the outcome of the Fed's meeting, especially their long-anticipated move to hike short-term interest rates For the first time in three years. But before we get into that, yesterday was another data heavy day. So before the opening bell, it was reported that February housing starts increased 6.8% month over month to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.769 million, which was above the consensus estimate of 1.7 million. Building permits, however, slipped 1.9% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.859 million which was right in line with the consensus expectation. Now, the key takeaway from this report was that single-family units drove the strength in starts with an increase of almost 6%, while a 0.5% decline in permits for single units, which is a leading indicator, dampened some of the enthusiasm for the otherwise encouraging February numbers. So that was housing starts, but we also saw initial jobless claims data. So initial jobless claims for the week ending March 12th, Decreased by 15,000 to 214,000, which was below the consensus estimate of 224,000. Now, continuing claims for the week ending March 5th decreased by 71,000 to 1.419 million, which puts continuing claims at their lowest level since February 21st, 1970. Now, the key takeaway from this report is that with the low level of initial claims, expectations for a strong pickup in job growth will remain high, especially if we see a continuation of the strong labor market that the Fed was discussing in their comments on Wednesday. Now, in other economic data news, total industrial production increased 0.5% month over month in February, following a 1.4% increase in January, while the capacity utilization rate rose to 77.6% from 77.3% in January. Now, the key takeaway from that number is obviously that industrial production is being held back by the ongoing supply shortages. And the final piece of economic data came in the form of the Philadelphia Fed Index, which measures regional manufacturing growth. And the index for March increased to 27.4 from 16.0 in February, signaling continuing factory sector growth. So it was another fairly strong day in terms of economic data. But once again, these data points likely had little impact on performance yesterday. And speaking of performance yesterday, it was St. Patrick's Day, and I found an interesting fact regarding St. Patrick's Day and market performance. So according to data from LPL Financial, St. Patrick's Day historically tends to, fittingly, be one of the most green days of the year for stocks. The S&P 500 is historically up 0.37% on St. Patrick's Day, making it one of the best days of the year for performance. And yesterday, we certainly continued that trend with green across the board for equities. Jeff Kilberg, chief investment officer of Sanctuary Wealth, commented on performance yesterday afternoon on CNBC, stating, quote, we're on day three of potential gains here and a lot of investors are going in thinking maybe there are calmer waters. The Fed meeting ended being a non-event. Getting past it was a big mental component for the marketplace. And as we start to get past it and realize uncertainty in the Russia-Ukraine situation feeds into the formula, it puts a short-term bullish sentiment in the market, and it's nice to see a little consistency, end quote. And we certainly have seen some consistency this week. As I mentioned in the open, it was the third straight day of positive gains for the market. And with yesterday's performance, the S&P 500 is up 5.7% above Monday's close, while the NASDAQ is up 8.2%, and the Russell 2000 is up 6.4%. But not only is performance up volatility is down as well. Now, over the same three-day period, the CBOE Volatility Index, also known as the VIX, has dropped 19%. And the story behind performance this week seems to be that the market is embracing the path forward highlighted by the Fed at the conclusion of their two-day meetings. So on Wednesday, the Fed announced that it will lift its benchmark federal fund rate by 0.25% to a target range of 025 to 0.5%, which was exactly in line with market expectations. The Fed also unveiled its updated dot plot, which shows that the median member anticipates up to six more rate hikes in 2022, which would bring rates 1.75% higher at the end of the year. But by not shocking the market and stating that they continue to see strong growth in the economy, the Fed reassured investors and increased optimism across the board. Ryan Dietrich, chief market strategist at LPL commented on this further in an article on Yahoo Finance yesterday, stating, quote, The Fed didn't rock the boat much. Yes, they lowered economic expectations in 2022 while also increasing inflation, but much of that was already priced into things. Overall, they still see strong growth, which helps support the recovery, end quote. And this past week has been a nice switch-up from the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that have plagued the market over the past couple of weeks due to the situation in Ukraine. But not all market analysts believe that we're out of the water yet when it comes to volatility. Sylvia Jablonsky, CEO and Chief Investment Officer at Defiance ETFs, thinks volatility will likely continue for at least another month or two, but that the current situation presents great buying opportunities. Stating in an article on Bloomberg yesterday, quote, investors are starting to see that the market is presenting a tradable bottom. So buying now and in the next couple of weeks is a good opportunity to get in on repriced market with upside potential. The last time we had opportunities to buy like this was around the peak of COVID and in 2008, end quote. So a really compelling statement there. But looking at performance yesterday, the market got off to a slow start despite an encouraging round of economic data. And performance actually briefly turned negative before really starting to take off by 11 a.m. Energy stocks led the market higher as West Texas Intermediate Crude Futures, which is the U.S. oil benchmark, jumped more than 8% to back above $100 a barrel. But it wasn't just energy. All 11 sectors ended the day in positive territory yesterday, with consumer discretionary, energy, financials, healthcare, industrials, materials, and real estate all finishing up over a percent. And while this was going on, stocks appeared to build off the price action in the treasury market as the 10-year treasury note ended the day unchanged at 2.19% after dipping below 2.11% overnight. And it was really the ability for the 10-year yield to move higher after dropping last night, and in doing so, undid some of yesterday's curve flattening activity, which ultimately seemed to alleviate some of the underlying growth concerns among investors. So all in all, it was a great day for stocks. It'll be really interesting to see how the market ends the week today. But regardless of what happens, as always, I'll be sure to keep you updated. Moving on to headlines. Russia successfully made at least some of its payments on its sovereign bonds in dollars, appearing to avoid a historic debt default. Now, Reuters, citing a source familiar with the situation, reported yesterday that Russia made payments on its sovereign bonds in dollars To its banks, and that money would be distributed to bondholders soon. Now, that news story broke this morning, mid morning, and may have given a slight bump to stocks. So it was good news for the market. But speaking of Russia and other news stories, Russia has been accused by the UK, the US, France, Albania, Ireland, and Norway of war crimes in Ukraine. Now, these six countries challenged Russia before a UN Security Council meeting as the British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss said that there was now very, very strong evidence of war crimes being committed by Russian forces. Vladimir Putin is behind them, Truss said. It is ultimately a matter for the International Criminal Court to decide who is or isn't a war criminal and for us to bring the evidence," end quote. In related news, the House voted yesterday to strip Russia of its protected trading status. Passing the legislation onto the Senate in the first step, allowing the US to levy fresh taxes on more of Russia's goods. Now, the measure has wide support in the Senate as the US and its allies move to do more damage to Russia's economy in response to Moscow's three week assault on Ukraine. And lastly, for some much needed good news, the world's first carbon negative plant opens in Turkey. Now, the energy refinery, which is powered entirely by wind energy, will turn microalgae and macroalgae species into carbon-negative jet fuel, feedstock, supplements, and fertilizers. So really good news there. And we'll end today, as we always do, with a look back at some famous historic events of March 18th of the past. Today we'll start all the way back in 180 AD, when Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius died at the age of 58 from sickness. Now fast forward to 1776 British General William Howe evacuated British soldiers out of Boston after a successful siege by American revolutionaries led by General George Washington. In 1852, in New York City, Henry Wells and William Fargo joined with several other investors to launch their namesake business, which was originally started as a shipping and banking company and grew into one of the world's largest banks today. On March 18, 1940, Benito Mussolini and Adolf Hitler met at Brenner's Pass where the Italian dictator agreed to join forces with Germany in its war efforts in the West. In 1958, the first solar-powered satellite, Vanguard 1, was launched from Cape Canaveral, Florida. The small satellite, which weighed less than four pounds, stopped transmitting in 1964. And lastly, in 1965, Russian cosmonaut Alexei Lenovo became the first person to walk in space when he left his spacecraft, Voskhod 2, for 12 minutes. But with that, I hope everyone has a great day and an even better weekend. I am Patrick Laffin and this is the Marketing Minutes Podcast. the content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a recommendation of any specific investment product, strategy, or decision. It is not intended to suggest taking or refraining from any course of action. It is not intended to address the needs, circumstances, or investment objectives of any specific investor.